This is Joan Boney speaking. Today I plan to show you exactly how the Spirit of God reaches us and how we follow God by His Spirit. First, we're going to set a foundation for the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in everyone who belongs to God. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. For you are sealed with the Holy Spirit at the time you believe God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In 1975, when I was born again, God brought to my attention two scriptures to show me what the Holy Spirit does in the believer. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In other words, we read the Bible. The scriptures are inside us. When we need those verses of scripture, the Holy Spirit brings those scriptures up to our mind to show us what to do in the situations of this life. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us. Jesus speaks to us through scriptures and through ideas and concepts. But it is the Holy Spirit who is going to bring those to our mind. When I was a new Christian, my best friend who had been raised Baptist said, Joni, you've got to memorize scripture." And I said, I do. And she said, yes, I'm enrolling you in Bible Memory Association. She did that. She said, now you have to memorize one scripture a week, a week. And you have to quote that scripture to me by memory. Then I, as your sponsor, turn it into Bible Memory Association. And at some point, they send you a certificate. I had an earned Ph.D., but this was the hardest thing that I have ever tried to do. One scripture a week. Now, today, I can bring a, I can quote to you literally hundreds of scriptures by the Holy Spirit. When he calls a scripture to my mind, I can tell you. But to memorize it by fleshly means and by plans of man was extremely difficult. We are blessed greatly in having the Holy Spirit to remind us of the Scripture. So that's one thing the Holy Spirit does for us. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an example of the Holy Spirit guiding me 
into all truth to show me what God wanted me to do in my life. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. He doesn't give you his own ideas. But whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit never makes you do anything. The Holy Spirit brings you information from God which allows you to know the will of God in the matter at hand. But he never makes you do anything. He gives you information and it is up to you to choose to do the information that is from God and you have to be able to recognize the Holy Spirit when he is bringing information to your mind. For there are three spirits, as far as I know, that speak to us and bring thoughts to us, and bring ideas to us, and bring desires to us. There's our own flesh. There are devils who want to destroy us. And there's the Holy Spirit of God, which wants to lead us in the way of God. In Romans chapter 8, we read... He who is led by the, by the Spirit of God is the Son of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I have always found that the Holy Spirit is a gentle voice, who brings thoughts from God to my mind. It can come in scriptures or it can come in concepts. But the thoughts that are brought by God, by the Holy Spirit, are always compatible with the New Testament Bible. God's Spirit does not disavow the Holy Scriptures. They are compatible. The devil is opposite to the Holy Scriptures. The ideas brought by the devil are opposite. He is Antichrist, opposite to God. He will try to get you to go in the opposite way of the Scriptures and in the opposite way spoken by the Holy Spirit. The devil comes to destroy us. Jesus comes to give us a more abundant life. That's John 10.10. 10. Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So, if you follow the ideas of the devil, which often sound reasonable, but if you follow the ideas of the devil, 
He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy if you follow the ideas of God. You will have life and have it more abundantly. In Proverbs sixteen twenty five, we read, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Therefore, pray over everything. You might go to different people and ask them what to do or tell them your ideas, but those people don't know the future. And that could make a very big difference. God knows the future. Learn to trust God. Here's a scripture you can learn to believe, which guarantees that if you ask God for wisdom, he will give you wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5. This is a promise from God to the church. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. It's an absolute guarantee. If you lack wisdom, ask God what to do. He will show you what to do. How do you recognize if the idea is from God? When the wisdom is from God, it's pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. It doesn't have any hypocrisy in it. If there's any trickery or hypocrisy, you do not have the wisdom from God. That's the devil trying to lead you. The wisdom that is from above, that's James chapter 3, verse 17. It tells you the wisdom that's from above. But it also says... If you are in envy and strife at the time, glory not and lie not against this truth. For if you're in envy and strife, the wisdom that you get is going to be full of confusion in every evil work. So you've got to get rid of the envy and strife if it's in your heart when you're praying. Envy or strife, two very deadly things. How do you get rid of it? One way is to pray to God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me about this subject. He might have you go to someone and ask that person to forgive you. I've done that before. There might be other ways that God would lead you, but you can pray, create in me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. That's Psalm 51, verse 10, I believe. I'll look it up. That is verse 10. Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit, within me. So we pray and ask God what to do. 
Ideas come to our mind. We can know the ideas that are from God if we follow a few simple rules. I always know when an idea is not from God, if it is very complex and hard to do, or if it is very expensive. The ideas from God are simple and easy to be entreated. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. But if you are envying somebody and want what they have, or if you're fighting with someone, striving with them, trying to win out over someone, then that's another matter. You've got to have your heart cleansed by God before you really enter into the wisdom of God. James three fourteen sixteen says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. That is James 3, verses 14 through 16. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So, when that's the case, what I do is I turn to God and ask him to help me to get over this envy or this strife, to give me peace again. David prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And often I've prayed that. I've often prayed for God to restore my joy and my peace. And he always does. In a few minutes, there'll be some scripture come to my mind, and I focus on that. And once again, I'm in joy and have peace. Or I read something, and a Bible scripture maybe, and it causes me to be restored. But God always restores me. Sometimes he will give me a dream to show me the truth and restore me by that. When there has been an attack against me and when I'm in uh, let's say opposition with another person as a result of the attack they have brought against me. One time a woman in our own church group rose up against me and it was such a surprise. She had been with us 39 years. I had brought correction to her many times because I thought she was a prophet. I believed that God was giving her word of wisdom and word of knowledge. But she was not sharing it with the church. Not very often. When I would talk to her, 
she would say, well, I thought of that. And I'd say, well, you should have shared it, at least with me. It would have helped me greatly to know that you had that concept because I had that concept and it would have confirmed it to me. You could have been of great help to me. But she just kept it within herself and didn't share it, which made it of no help whatsoever to me. She didn't share these words with the church either, not very often. Not the word of knowledge or word of wisdom given by God. She liked to share flowery things like teachings that were real respectable. And very often God does not have prophets do that. Prophets very often share things that are corrections. And basically it's hard to do that. We want to share things like um, how you know it's the will of God. That's so respectable. Very often we have to share things that make us feel like we're walking on a tightrope way up there in the sky with no net below us. Things that we have no way of knowing, but God has given us by the spiritual gift of word of knowledge or word of wisdom. She had that a lot, but she didn't share it. And so when I found out, each time I would talk with her, she'd say things like, I thought of that. And I, I said, I'd say, but you didn't share it at the time you thought of it. It could have helped. I told her this I don't know how many times. Finally, she exploded against me, and she said, it is like you have been throwing rocks at me for decades. It was a terrible time for me after... I got off the phone from talking to her. I turned to God and I said, if, what, if her accusations against me are true, I have no business being a minister. Therefore, you are going to have to show me the truth on this matter. At that night, I had a dream and in the dream, I opened my front door and somebody had dropped bags of garbage in front of my front door. And they had taken bags of garbage and had piled it all the way down the front of my house. And I was upset because now all these bags of garbage that they had left would have to be removed. I believed that what God was showing me is her accusations were against you, were garbage that she had stored up in her own heart without getting rid of. What she should have done when she felt I was throwing rocks at her, what she should have done is get God to settle the matter with her. Instead, she just stored it up in her heart and at some point, it grew like a seed and exploded out of her mouth. And that is what will happen with each one of us if we fail to settle offenses with God. If we fail to turn to God with that which we think someone has done against us and let him settle it in our hearts, we will at some point explode against that person. Concerning being led by God, 
Last November, the thought came to me, read the Old Testament. It was a very gentle thought, and I didn't do it. But I was recognized that it came. The next day, the thought came, read the Old Testament. And I thought about it, and I thought, oh, I love the Old Testament. That really would be good if I did that. But I didn't do it. The third day, the thought came, read the Old Testament. Now that day, I stopped what I was doing and started at Genesis 1 and began reading the Old Testament. It wasn't long before I saw an exhortation, and I thought, I better send that to our church group. So I sent an email to our church group and shared that part of the Word of God with them. Then I thought, maybe I should put that on our blog. So I put it on our blog and shared it with the people that read our blog. Jesus Ministries Exhortations is the name of our blog. Then after that, I thought, well, maybe I should write this into a book. So I published books on Amazon. I have quite a few books on Amazon. So I began writing a book about the Old Testament and dealing with the New Testament and how they fit together and how they differ. And I really enjoyed very much writing. And before long, I saw what I was writing was not one volume. At that time, I was in the book of Genesis. And I realized this was going to be major volumes. I think I'm currently writing volume 10, and it's probably going to be an 18-volume series by the time I finish. But you see what happened in this situation? It was guidance by the Holy Spirit. And what he did is first call the subject to my mind and get me to focus on the subject, which was reading the Old Testament. And then, what did he do? What does it say that the Holy Spirit will do? He will guide you into all truth. I didn't have all of this piece of the puzzle at one time. First, I had to read the Old Testament, start reading. Then there, were the, there was the idea, exhort your church group. And then there was the idea, write it so the people who read the blog can see it. And then there was the idea, put it in a book and publish it on Amazon. See, step by step. One time God said to me, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. So this is one way the Holy Spirit works with us. Now let me give you an example of the Holy Spirit working with me through a scripture. One day I was reading the Bible and the following scripture caught my attention and I focused on it. Now I believe that is the Holy Spirit getting my attention on a verse of scripture that I need 
to look at carefully and put into my heart and do in my life. The, the scripture is Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So I took that scripture and I thought on it and I thought what it, how to apply it to my life. I looked up certain words. Edify means to build in the faith. That it may minister grace to turn people to God. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I probably kept it before me three or four days and tried to apply it to my life, doing what it actually said to, for example, if I was thinking of saying something to someone, is this going to edify them in things of God? Will this cause them to turn to God? Will this cause them to trust in God? Or will this stir up problems if I say this thing? A few days later, I was at my neighbor's house. This was during a period of the presidential elections in the United States, and a couple of candidates were running in this election, and it was rather interesting to me. I'm not a political person. I'd never pay attention to these things. But in this election, there were two candidates that I found interesting. As I was sitting with my neighbors, I wanted so badly to say, and what do you think about the election? But because of this scripture, I thought about what I wanted to say. If I say that, is it going to cause the person to turn to God to be more godly? Or is it going to cause strife, envy, evil things? Well, the answer was really clear. It would not do good things. It would cause evil things to happen. I would be the instigator of evil if I spoke this. But I certainly wanted to speak it. And all the time I sat there, I wanted to say, what do you think about the election? And I was fighting not to say it. When you're in a situation like that, the thing that really helps is if you turn to God and say, please don't let me say this. So many times I've prayed that. Please don't let me do this. Please don't let me say this. And every time I've turned to God, he has stopped me from speaking or stopped me from doing the thing that I knew would not be in line with the word of God. That day, I finally just got up and went home. And I didn't speak it to them. But it was a strong battle. With this, I'm going to conclude today's message. I have written out every scripture that I have spoken to you today. And it, you will find it on our blog. If you will go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, 
look on the right-hand side under podcast, and then look for the broadcast, which is entitled Following God by His Spirit. If you click on that, you can hear this whole recording again, and you can read the scriptures as I'm speaking them. This is just reinforcement for us. This helps us to get those scriptures more deeply in us. But the scriptures never really become a part of us until we start doing them. That's the key. When the Holy Spirit reminds you of a scripture or when a scripture that you're, when you're reading the Bible and have it happen to me like it did, uh, happen to you like it did to me, that that one verse of scripture just seemed to jump out at you. Stop and let that scripture go deeply in you for it is a special message to you from God. So if you take that scripture and you think on it and try to apply it to your life and make it really a part of your life, this is just exactly like driving down a highway and the highway is the scripture. You drive down that highway and you take every drop of blood out of that verse of scripture that you can get and you keep it before you and until it begins to fade away a little bit. And then another scripture comes. That's like a fork in the road. So you follow that scripture as far as it will take you, applying it to your life. It does no good to hear the word of God or read the word of God without doing the word of God. And that's where so many people make a mistake. They go to church and they think they're godly because they go to church. They hear scriptures, but they do not apply them to their lives. That is the key in following God, hearing the Spirit of God, applying that scripture to your life. So that is like going down the highway of God and when you have another scripture, then you follow that scripture. Then you have another scripture and you follow that scripture and you will end up where God wants you. And that is the part of the scripture which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I don't seek after things. I seek after scripture. And then it's just miraculous because somehow along the way, all these things get added to me. Follow the scriptures. Follow after the scriptures as far as that scripture will take you and then you'll have another scripture. Follow it. And that is how we enter in and, and to the righteousness of God. It's through the scriptures. With that, I'll conclude today, but I do want to remind you once again, our blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Be sure and word the, add the word exhortation. And you will have every one of these scriptures written out for you. You can copy them on your printer and have them before you and think about them. And grow in God by doing them. Thank you very much for letting me speak to you today.